The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Night number two of the NBA season in 2023-24 is today, and this is our number three of three live right here on the early line on this Wednesday. He is Donnie Wrightside. I am Ben Stevens. One more hour to go. We'll get some early World Series thoughts at the conclusion of both of the Game 7s in the League Championship Series from our Craig Mish coming up in just a little bit. Donnie and I then will start to talk about the NFL entering week number eight, game day eve. Thursday night football gets us going tomorrow night in Buffalo, New York, and And then night number two in the association. We're on this second night of a new year, Donnie, in the NBA. It is the coronation of Victor Wembanyama, a minus 20,000 favorite to be the number one overall selection to San Antonio. He cashes that ticket. But now the next ticket question around the Spurs and Wemby. Will Vic win NBA rookie of the year? He is the odds on favorite, Donnie. It's what we asked the public who's going to win rookie of the year this year in the NBA. Most of the public thinks it's Wembenyama, but Chet Holmgren, who missed all of last year after being drafted second overall in 2022, technically still a rookie this season, is not all that far behind Donnie in the vote, around 32% to Wemby's 38% number. Yes, clear talent alone. It probably should be Webanyama, but also in order to win Rookie of the Year, you do have to be healthy, and we'll see if these guys can make it through a 65-game schedule, obviously knowing that 82 games is the total in the NBA. That's the number that you need to reach here. I think they're both equal in talent-wise perspective here for their teams, but superstar power Webanyama leading Sports Center every single night with five blocks a game, which he's probably going to get. That should win out, but also, just getting back to the betting public here, only 38% of the people taking a look at this saying, to themselves, Ben. You know what? He should be the player of the year, at least rookie player of the year at this point. I'm interested to see, but also, as we welcome in the radio audience here, it's a Wednesday morning. You're watching the edition of the Early Line, Sirius XM Channel 159. He's Ben Amdani going over some Web and Yama props here versus Chet Holmgren in the rookie of the year race. But if I'm trying to be honest and say to myself, who can win this year? Yes, it should be Web and Yama, but also from the Summer League games. Do you remember his first game? <laughs> What a bust, man. This guy can't play basketball. I don't know what anybody was looking at here. Calm down. It's going to be okay. So we don't need Webanyama 33-13-10 and 10 tonight in his game. He's going to be fine this season. I'm just interested to see how San Antonio is going to use him. The Spurs host the Dallas Mavericks in a Texas tussle to start off this year. Now, the Mavs might be a contender in the West. The Spurs have a win total of 28 and a half that I actually like the over on for all the reasons we laid out yesterday and what San Antonio has done the two previous times they have picked first overall. Donnie, I think the only reason that Victor Wimanyama is not a stronger odds on favorite with a better price than he already is before a single minute of action in his MVP. NBA career is because of the 65 game minimum to be considered for season awards in the association. Wemby, of course, now a new level of basketball playing in the NBA. The demands of 82 games. Will his body be able to withstand the contact he is going to take the night in, night out basis around the regular season? Will Popovich even care? Will Greg, will Pop look at him and say, hey, Wemby, 
You're at 60 games right now. I don't care if you're going to win Rookie of the Year. We're sitting you down if they're not in consideration. All of that, Donnie, is what I think keeps Victor Wembanyama from being a stronger odds-on favorite because before this rule was enacted, before he was even selected first overall, the price on Wemby was better. It was around a $3 favorite number for Victor Wembanyama to be the NBA Rookie of the Year because he was going to go first overall. He was going to play in San Antonio. Antonio and if he played it all this year it would seem as though he was going to win rookie of the year the 65 game minimum the injury concern around his large but albeit rather skinny frame although his flexibility I think speaks to the fact that Wembenyama should be able to handle the duration of this NBA season but there's also the component of pop being like hey brother I don't really care about you winning rookie of the year I want you to be here for the next 10-15 seasons in San Antonio like David Robinson before you like Tim Duncan in the era before you so that we can win championships once again for this Spurs franchise all of that Donnie not the basketball component but the things that would keep Wembanyama off the hardwood those are the things that I think hold Vic back from winning rookie of the year it's crazy we talk about situations like this, but there is Major League Baseball, who is the only sport on planet Earth that's like, you know what? Bring the best players up as late as possible so we don't have to pay them once they get to the major leagues. It's incredible here. But take a look at the NBA. We're not talking about Victor Webb and Yama here going like, ooh, I wonder if he plays bad, Ben, over the next 82 games. Can he still win Rookie of the Year? Who's going to overtake him? We're not worried about that. We're worried about if the team is going to play him 65 games or more out of 82. It's insanity when you think yeah. about it here you should just be letting these young guys run and also when he's supposed to be playing your best basketball or your most basketball in your younger days not lebron james at 38 years old so web and yama talent alone probably should win this but we're not even betting on the talent alone we're betting on what greg yeah. popovich is going to do because quite frankly you are correct if web and yama is playing really good basketball and it's apparent that he's on that sort of threshold here with 10 games and they go oh you know what if we lose eight out of our final 10 games here, we have a legitimate chance to get the number one overall pick again and really stack this franchise. That actually makes the most sense than playing your young point guard, your young player here. But also, yeah. what, again, what world do we talk about here where we're not betting on talent? We're betting that, oh, I wonder if they'll let him play. It's insanity. It really is, because if Victor Wembanyama plays 65 games, he is going to win this award. I don't really care yes. what Chet Holmgren or Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller do. If Victor Wembanyama meets the 65-game threshold, he is going to win the NBA Rookie of the Year award. He is a unicorn. He is a generational talent. From what we saw, not in Summer League, but in preseason, he is going to be just A-OK -okay here in the NBA. It's the extenuating factors that do lead us to believe there might be something holding Victor Wembanyama back from playing 65 games chet is an interesting conversation as well right if health is our handicap how do we look at the guy that missed the entirety of his rookie year because of an injury he suffered before his rookie year got even started thus i think scoot henderson makes himself uh, makes some sense of course the path is clear in portland he'll play alongside deandre ayton that big and guard position looks pretty good for scoot at five to one donnie brand and Miller was the second overall selection of course going to Charlotte he's 42 to 1 not really in consideration Amen Thompson who the Houston Rockets drafted fourth overall 50 to 1 alongside his fellow rookie teammate Cam Whitmore out of Villanova who slid in the draft but still was a first round pick yeah, there's a lot of guys that are going to be in the equation, but again, it's just who's going to play 65 games. There's no telling, and the joke's again coming out when you see oh, the Summer League Webin Yama can't play in that first game. We know he's a great basketball player, and by the way, leading sports center tomorrow with all of these games tonight, it's probably going to be Wemby tonight for my money. A Spurs-Mavericks start to this yeah. year in San Antonio. The Spurs, a four-point home underdog in the NBA debut of Victor Wembanyama. I'm sure we'll discuss that a little bit later on here in hour number three. But next up, it's a return to October in Major League Baseball. We break it down now. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. We're live right here on this Wednesday on the early line on Sports Grid. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And Craig Mish joins us right now in the middle, live right here on TEL, our Major League Baseball insider, here to recap what we have seen the last few days in the League Championship Series with two Game 7s in a full MLB season for the first time in nearly two decades. And then you'll get more of Craig's thoughts on Newswire starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So, Craig, let's dive right in as we thank you for being here last night game number seven in philadelphia the first game seven in the history of the phillies franchise since it got going in 1883 and somehow some way the diamondbacks spoil the atmosphere at the bank not once but twice in game six and seven four to two the victory last night for the snakes they advanced to their second ever world series appearance their first since 2001 craig how did arizona down by a game in the nlcs go to philadelphia and steal two from the fills to win the national league pennant well, first of all, I'm shocked. I, I did not see this coming. I don't think most people did for the Phillies to be up 2-0 in the series and then up 3-2 and to inevitably lose in their own ballpark is is stunning to me. And, and I guess you got to just give credit to Arizona. Everyone is talking about the demise of Philadelphia, but let's give credit to the Diamondbacks. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that I kind of go back to, Ben, when I really look at it is that there was a point earlier – during the regular season. No one seems to be really talking about this a lot, so I will. Where the Diamondbacks looked like the best team in the National League. They were in first yeah. place. They were pushing toward 20 games over 500. And, they, you know, the run differential was fair. There, there really wasn't a lot of talk that they would just fall apart. They sort of did there for a while. But I think, the, you know, the baseball season has peaks and valleys. And to the Diamondbacks' credit, they peaked twice during the season. At one point during the summer where they led the Dodgers, they led the Padres, they led the Giants, everyone else, we just assumed they were going to get in. And then the second time they peaked is now during the postseason. I think it's just time to say the Diamondbacks are a really good team. They showed it during the regular season. They've shown it during the postseason as well. Yes, the Phillies did collapse. There's no question about that. But sometimes, Ben, you score two runs in a game and you win. I mean, sometimes you do in baseball. And sometimes you do, by the way, in the postseason as well. It just didn't happen for the Phillies here in the final few games of the NLCS. Yeah, talking about scoring two runs, let's not forget also, the offense really wasn't there for the first two games for the Diamondbacks, and they won a baseball game in game number three by only scoring two runs with a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. I thought Arizona was tremendous in the biggest moments here, Craig. You talked about one of those super athletic teams during the regular season not running that much. Boy, they turned the gas pedal up in games six and seven, putting the pressure on the Phillies. Case in point yesterday in the fifth inning, getting clutch base hit with two outs here to drive in a tying run. They're still running on first base here with two outs. Okay, Phillies, get out of this inning. Let's see what we can do in the bottom. They steal second base and get another clutch hit to go up 3-2. to two. Every time they had to answer the bell in game six and seven, they certainly did that. But sometimes it just comes down to the simplest points. Your big boppers have to perform in big moments, and the Phillies just didn't have that in six and seven. And, Craig, you talk about peaks and valleys of the season. Peaks and valleys here of Major League Baseball just in the playoffs in this series alone. The Phillies were untouchable in the first two games, and all of a sudden, 
Nick Castellanos can't hit a beach ball late in that series. Credit to the Arizona Diamondbacks here moving forward. But talk to me about the aggressiveness of the Arizona Diamondbacks throughout the regular season. Will we see that running game on full display in the World Series as well? Yeah, look, I think there's a chance of that. Every game plan is different. Every catcher is different. Pop time and how fast they throw down the second base. So, Donnie, you know, I haven't analyzed how the catchers are of the Texas Rangers, Jonah Hyman company, so I'm not really sure if it'll be the same game plan for Toro Lovello, but I don't think that they're going to stop playing the way that they play. And the one thing that would add, Donnie, to the conversation is unquestionably the reason why the Diamondbacks are going to the World Series is because of all the things that you mentioned, but let it, let's it let not discount the fact that these starters went five, six innings. It has been about their bullpen. Their bullpen mm. has been absolutely fantastic for them. And we saw Kevin Ginkle come into the game yesterday. And, you know, what's funny about him is, guys, everyone is talking about how, oh, wow, he's the secret weapon and he, he's striking out everybody. Right at the end of the regular season, the Diamondbacks needed to just close out a game I don't know if you guys remember this one against the New York Yankees. Ginkle came in, gave up all the runs, and everyone said, that's it. The Diamondbacks are going to get knocked out. Isn't baseball incredible? A month ago, this guy you was know, getting vilified for giving up some runs. Now they're talking about maybe this guy should be a closer in baseball next year. It's just a fascinating dynamic how things can change so fast. Yeah, the back end of the bullpen for Arizona has been huge in this October run. Ryan Thompson, who came in in the game for Brandon Fott, got the win yesterday. You go to Ginkle and, of course, Paul Sewald, who the D-backs acquired at the trade deadline from the Seattle Mariners. All right, Craig, so now that sets up the World Series. It's the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Texas, a minus 166, outright favorite to win this World Series. The first time the Rangers have played in the Fall Classic in over a decade since 2011 the first time the Diamondbacks have been here in more than two decades since 2001 the Rangers will have home field advantage Craig if that means anything anymore here in October who do you give the edge to as we get ready for the World Series in game number one on Friday yeah, at this point, I think you have to give a little bit of an edge to the Rangers because they just seem unstoppable from an offensive perspective. People have asked me if Arizona makes it, what does this sort of remind you of? What World Series does it remind me of? It actually reminds me a little bit, Ben, of when the Rangers played the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series mm. back in 2011. You had two teams that were just so hot going right down to the end. There were some epic games in that World Series as well. I think we could be headed toward something similar here where, look, uh, unless Zach Gallen and Evan Merrill Kelly was good, but unless Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly throw eight innings of shutout baseball, which they did during the regular season and they did at the beginning of the postseason, but really not so much lately, unless that happens, I think that there's a chance that even though I don't think a lot of people are going to be watching, I think this is going to be very wildly entertaining, potential for a lot of runs in this. I don't really see any stoppers per se outside of the bullpen. I know that's not going to be eye-pleasing, guys, where you're going to see starters only maybe go four or five innings and it's just bullpen, bullpen, bullpen the rest of the game. I have a feeling that could be the case. So I, I guess I would lean toward Texas, but my goodness, I had a Houston – Philly World Series, so maybe I'm not the right one to ask here. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of us had that as well. Also, just take a look at the gameplay here of the on-field gamesmanship. You saw the Philadelphia Phillies get some of that from Lavello. Said, you know what? I'm not going to let Schwarber and Harper beat me. Adolis Garcia and Seager are tremendous bats at the plate. Could we see a similar game plan here moving forward in the World Series, Craig? Yeah, Don, Donnie, there's uh, – look, I, I don't know. Seager, you know, obviously he's going to have to be pitched to some just based on where he bats in the yeah. lineup. It's very hard that early on in the game to say, you know, put him on first. But right now, why would you pitch to Adalas Garcia? I agree with that. Like, at, at this point, it may just be better off to just send that guy to first base because, uh, you know, outside, inside, up, down, this guy has just been unstoppable. Yeah. And if he hits like he did in the last series, the Rangers are going to win the World Series. You can count on that. Yeah, and you see the numbers right there for Adolis Garcia, the second best price at plus 550. The man known as El Bombi is certainly going to bring that hot bat here into the World Series. Four for five in the Game 7 victory in Houston. The villain in H-Town, the hated man. Two home runs in five RBI. So the World Series starts in two days on Friday evening in Arlington. The Rangers will host the Arizona Diamondbacks. On the other side, Craig, 
Craig, if you're looking for a spark, it was the leadoff man last night who has recorded a hit in all 12 games for the Diamondbacks here in October, Cattell Marte. But it was Corbin Carroll, the young rookie who was going to win the NL Rookie of the Year award on our award, excuse me, that led it for Arizona a night ago. We will see Craig Mish in just about 40 minutes on Newswire starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Craig, as always, we appreciate the time. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Craig Mish, we'll see you on Newswire. A couple of more baseball games to break down. Craig will still join us, though. We'll talk a little fantasy football and throughout the rest of this NFL season. We'll look at the early lines here on the early line for NFL Week 8 next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. This show is called The Early Line, and we are live right here on this Wednesday on SportsGrid. Now we look at the early lines. The day before week number eight of the NFL season gets underway. Tomorrow night, Donnie Wright's side, in Buffalo, New York, it is the start to week number eight, Thursday night football between the Bills and the Bucks. Buffalo in eight and a half point favorite the over under stands at 42 and a half Donnie you can read the caption you can read the headline at the top of that graphic Buffalo bounce back we all expected that to be the case for the Bills as north of a touchdown favorite on the road in Foxborough against the measly Patriots this past weekend after a disappointing effort albeit a short win against the Giants two Sunday nights ago but not covering as a 15 and a half point favorite in a loss in London to Jacksonville so Donnie Buffalo has dropped two of its last three games they have not covered in their last three games will this in fact be a Buffalo bounce back on Thursday night football it should be a Buffalo bounce back but is anybody running to the window right now Ben and saying man eight and a half is an absolute steal with a preference again that we always say they don't just make numbers up and say hey let's fool the public and throw an eight and a half out here because we think it's going to be a blowout that's the number it's supposed to be but also we saw 15 and a half against a team two weeks ago let's argue this point right now Forget about what happened over the past two weeks, right? You take a look at the Giants coming to town to play Buffalo in Buffalo, 15 and a half. My thought process, 15 and a half. It should be 25 and a half. This is going to be an embarrassing performance. Yeah, embarrassing yeah. for the Buffalo Bills, who probably should have lost that football mm. game. Last week, you go on the road as a touchdown favorite. I say to myself, I'm the only one that probably likes New England this week because why? Buffalo doesn't look all that good. You're going on the road to pay a division rival. They get beat outright in that game and embarrass themselves. So you don't just roll your helmet up like, oh, okay. Now, this is the time of the year that the Buffalo Bills get right. Based on what? Based on what we have seen? Absolutely not. If I'm looking from a betting perspective, do I think Buffalo wins? Yes, of course I do. They're close to double digits here. But no way I'm betting the Buffalo Bills to handle the business as if nothing happened in the previous two weeks to make me think that they shouldn't cover close to a double-digit spread. No shot on betting the Buffalo Bills in this game. Even though I do think they win, I'm not looking to cover more than a touchdown until I see it from them, Ben. Yeah, 
I don't really know how you can right now north of a touchdown on a short week Thursday night football game. The Bills returning home to Western New York from a short trip to Foxborough. It's not great for the Bucks though either, Donnie, who were three and one entering their bye week. They come out and they lose two straight games in games we thought they would be more competitive. A three-point home dog against the Detroit Lions. The Lions shellacked Tampa Bay two Sundays yeah. ago. The Bucks a three-and-a-half-point home favorite last week against the Atlanta Falcons in a game that would decide pole position in the NFC South. They looked rather lifeless. The Falcons weren't great either. They fumble a couple of times, turn it over three times deep inside Buccaneers territory, and Atlanta still walks it off with a 51-yarder from Young Way coup Atlanta now the only team with a winning record in the NFC South listen I'm not inspired by Tampa Bay there's not a reason I'm going to give you that makes me think Ooh, Tampa has this matchup advantage to make me think they are going to stay within this touchdown number no I guess Buffalo from that perspective actually does make some sense that they can win this game by double digit points I'm just not sure how to evaluate the bills I'm not going to go to the point Donnie where Buffalo enters every year with expectation and is yet to win a conference championship or reach a Super Bowl I'm not going to go there just yet but Buffalo has been incredibly disappointing these last three weeks after a disappointing start to the year and then getting all the way back after winning three straight games by at least four touchdowns in three victories against the Raiders commanders and most impressively the Miami Dolphins at home to only lose two of their next three not covering in any of those three games so Donnie I'm not sure how to evaluate Buffalo big picture here not just Thursday night football how do you yeah. evaluate the Bills uh, look uh, there's still hope for the season the hope to win a Super Bowl might not be there yet there is a trade deadline coming up and the only reason I bring that up is in the for like 50 years of the NFL trade deadline might as well not even put in place because nobody apparently yeah. figured that oh how can I trade for a running back and he'll learn the scheme over the next eight well come on man it's simple here you're seeing teams make big moves here and the Buffalo Bills need a big move whether it's a secondary guy whether it's a linebacker here to fill in for Matt Milano who's down for the season whether it's another offensive weapon and maybe Maybe they get a running back that can actually produce when they need them here. I'm not high on the Buffalo Bills. Should they win? Yes. There's too much town on this team to throw the season away, but just took it in a one-game snapshot here. I'm not in love with the Buffalo Bills. Why? Because they just don't look like a team that's looking to win, number one, the AFC East, let alone the AFC yeah. Championship, in my mind. They're a game behind Miami right now in terms of the divisional standings. They do have the upper hand, but they will play the Dolphins later on in the year. In fact, I think it is that week 18 regular season finale. Buffalo now the fourth best price to win the AFC at plus 650 behind the Chiefs, who are the favorites. The Dolphins, the second best number in Baltimore, that third best price. Now we're going to find out a good amount of info on Sunday about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals fresh off a bye, a weekend to rest to get Joe Burrow healthier with that right calf injury. Cincy on the road as a five and a half point underdog in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers. A 49ers team, of course, Donnie, that we discussed earlier in the show, has dropped two straight games after starting off a perfect unbeaten five and oh. Is that five and a half point number, Donnie, too large for where you think this game is actually decided? I do think it's too large, but here's the battle that we're looking at. It's not Joe Burrow and the wide receivers attacking the secondary for the San Francisco 49ers. They should be able to move the football. It's not Will Brock Purdy bounce back after two subpar performances. Maybe he gets Debo Samuel back. Here's the line. It's the defensive line versus the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. The one thing we do know about Joe Burrow, thank goodness now, he's always been sacked in his career. Why? Holds on to the football a little bit too long, but there's also a boom bust of that, right? If you hold on the ball for an extra second to give your guys like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins an extra split second to get open, those can be big plays. But you can't really do that against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, when we talk about bounce-back performances, Ben, just a week ago I told you, hey, look, I really like the Eagles in a bounce-back spot against the Miami Dolphins. Maybe if the Eagles had won the week previously against the Jets, I would say to myself, maybe the Dolphins are a better spot there. The reason I bring that up is if you take a look at the San Francisco 49ers and how they're going to operate, three straight losses? Are we really talking about the Niners losing three straight games when this was supposed to be the best yeah. team in the NFC? And also, what are we getting out of Brock Purdy now that the pressure's on? It's always easy when you're throwing for 250 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions to see what's going to happen. But also, 
I look at this game and say the 49ers last week have a devastating front seven, super athletic, one of the best in football. Ben, they didn't get a single sack last week against the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. If you're going to repeat that performance from the defensive line, Cincinnati will beat you here. But I have a feeling that that 49ers defensive line is going to rise up in this game. Should the 49ers win? Yes. But I got to tell you right now, I'm really looking at the Bengals who can rescue their season alone and also add Mm. so many more question marks to the San Francisco 49ers if they lose their third straight game. So, Donnie, I think that's the big picture question. What will our reaction be from Sunday in Santa Clara? Because I think it's going to be strong based on what the outcome is. If San Francisco loses three straight, uh uh-oh for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Now I ask you a question about Cincinnati. Three and three. They have won two straight since starting the year one and three if they come out of this by lose in santa clara but cover as a five and a half point underdog do you still believe the Bengals' season is back on track no, I don't I don't think it is because I think too many of those warts mm. might show up later in the season because if we're talking about Joe Burrow, we're, we're not anticipating that calf injury to flare up again. But there's something missing from this Bengals team that we saw over the past two seasons. They say, I wonder what it could be. Is it just a slow start? And that might doom you because you want to have home field advantage when you get to the AFC playoffs. The goal is to get Kansas City out of their own building. So let's just say they rescue yeah. their season, don't win the division. What's that mean, Ben? Probably going to have to play Baltimore on the road and Kansas City on the road on a way to a Super Super Bowl here. That's the way I look at it. Rescuing their season as if can they make a playoff run or possibly a chance of the playoffs? Sure they can. And a big win against the 49ers will do that. But I can't change my stance because even though I think Cincinnati is a quality football team, you know where Cincinnati would be better? At home against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. And that's not going to happen. Listen, there's no moral victories at this point for a Bengals team that dug themselves a hole starting one and three. They need to win football games. It's what they did last year when they won 11 of their final 12 after a two and three start, eight consecutively to end out the regular season. Donnie, in that late afternoon window as well, another good AFC North versus NFC West showdown in Seattle. The Seahawks hosting the Cleveland Browns. Seattle, a three-point home favorite. The over-under at 39 and a half Deshaun Watson is on the screen but Donnie do we see Deshaun Watson in the the Pacific Northwest on Sunday afternoon no, I don't think we do, which means another week of P.J. Walker, which some people in Cleveland might be happy, but sooner or later, Cinderella's glass slipper is going to break here. You know, I don't know if he can go on the road to Seattle and win. And I'm not even saying Seattle is an unbelievable football team. Seattle won last week against a bad team in Arizona, sat D.K. Metcalf. If Metcalf comes back, maybe there's a chance they can move the football against that very good Bengals defense, excuse me, very good defense of the Cleveland Browns. Now, also, lining yeah. this game up here, you know Smith's got to start stepping up. I need to see more out of that offense here. If you want to be a contender, now that you see some ripples coming from the 49ers you better step up and win this football game this weekend against the Browns so far Sunday night quickly here Donnie the Chargers hosting the Chicago Bears the Chargers an eight and a half point favorite would you lay north of a touchdown on the Bolts no, I don't think I'm going to lay the eight and a half, but you know what? Serious contention this week for my eliminator pool is going to be with the Chargers. How could you do that, Donnie? Mm. You know what the Chargers are made of. Come on. If Bajic, first of all, if Bajic goes on the road and knocks off the Chargers, I'm not so sure Justin Fields won't be traded at the deadline at this point, <laughs> as he will be king of the Windy City at this point. Tyson Bajan, the man we all need to know, whose father, by the way, is an arm wrestling champ. You never want to get into a tussle with the Bajan family. We'll find out about SoFi Sunday night in just a little bit. Second night of the association. We preview it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Um... It is night number two of the 2023-24 NBA season, and we preview it all live right here on this Wednesday on the early line. A couple of basketball guys just talking a little shop. It's Ben Stevens and Donnie Wright side with you. Donnie, a new debut, a new era begins tonight in San Antonio and maybe in the association as a whole. We welcome in Victor Wembanyama, the coronation on draft night for the guy we all knew was going to go number one overall for the better part of the last two years now it's not about being the first overall selection or this highly touted generational type talent it's about proving you can live up to the hype on night number one in the NBA and there will be some reactions of course we'll see if Wemby lives up to that sky high expectation for the 7-4 frame Wembenyama and his Spurs a four-point home underdog against the Dallas Mavericks Kyrie Irving back with the Mavs, of course, alongside Luka Doncic. What do you want to see tonight, Donnie, out of Victor Wimbanyama in this and the Spurs as they host the Mavs? I want a huge night here. I want to get the party started right mm. from jump here on his career. I don't need him to go out and be like, hey, you know what? He, the narrative tomorrow, right? Well, Ben, he did some good things, right? Nine points, seven rebounds, one block. Uh, it was his first game getting his feet wet, and the cameras were flashing, and he was taking it all in, and the post-game press conference. I don't want to see that here. I want to see you come out, and I want to see you hit your points prop here. It's 18 and a half at the FanDuel Sportsbook, which means you're going to need around 20 points. He's tall enough to get 10 rebounds. A double-double with 20 points is what I want to see tonight because there are superstars on the opposite side here on the Dallas Mavericks that are going to perform. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, Ben, how about this? 29.5 points and 28.5 points, respectively, for their points props tonight at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So just to keep it short, there's a lot of games here. I need a big performance out of Wemby here. Don't give me that first game performance that we saw over the summer where we start to question a guy. I want to see a superstar, and I want to see him night one, Ben. Yeah, and those are the props tonight, Donnie. 17 and a half points, six and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks for him to record a double double plus 360. Now he's 7 4. You would think six and a half rebounds should be easy. Mm. Do the odds know how to book Victor Wembanyama, or will we get a better sample size in this opening month of this NBA season? Because he's 7 4, Donnie, but he's not a center. He's 7'4", but he's not quite a point guard. He's a positionalist-type player that can do everything you would need on the basketball floor. How will he be utilized under Greg Popovich here on his opening night? I would look at the blocks because, Donnie, you see the training and the preparation he does defensively. We have seen what he has done even against the Benz competition throughout this preseason. That would be probably where I would think you might have an edge if you wanted a Wemby prop tonight. Two and a half blocks blocks looking at the over it's a pretty high bar to clear for instance Anthony Davis had two blocks last night for the Lakers so is Victor Wembanyama going to have three hey I think that's where Wemby can get things going on the defensive end and again Donnie it's interesting to see that four-point spread in my yes, estimation sir. despite having Victor Wembanyama in San Antonio the Spurs have a win total of 28 and a half. The Spurs were 22 and 60 last year in the regular season. Again, I think San Antonio is going over 28 and a half wins. But Donnie, Luca and Kyrie together, if the Mavs are going to make any noise in the Western Conference, shouldn't that four point spread be closer to six, seven, or eight? 
You would think it would be here. And I know there's some question marks, which is always wild to us. Like, we already get started on any 82-game schedule. We're worried about injuries. I know Luka Doncic yesterday had a report coming back, you know, maybe some injuries to be dealt with here, which doesn't mean he's not going to play the basketball game, but does that mean he's available to play 38 to 40 minutes in this game if need be? So from my point of view, Kyrie Irving would probably be a little bit more of a focus point from a points rebounding and assist prop if you're looking at that direction as opposed to Luka Doncic. But you're right about that. That's a pretty cheap price here on opening night for a team that we expect to be in the playoffs against a team where it's like, hey, we expect, well, Webb and Yama to be good, and maybe we'll see what happens next yeah. year for the Spurs. So we'll see how that plays out. But opening night, crazy things certainly happen. We do happen. We certainly know that. Again, team win totals for San Antonio, 28 and a half. The over now has the juice. I'm pretty sure yesterday it was plus money when we talked. Am I a market mover or are people just in yes. to Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs? Again, the Spurs have drafted first overall now three times. Victor Wembanyama in 2023, Tim Duncan in 1997, the Admiral David Robinson in 1987. The rookie year for both Robinson and Duncan. The year prior, the Spurs won 21 games before the Admiral's rookie year, 20 games before Duncan's rookie year. Both mm. David Robinson and Tim Duncan led San Antonio to 56 wins in their rookie season in improvement of at least 35 games if san antonio does that this year they're going to win 57 games which i don't think is going to be the case but can they go over 28 and a half with the generational talent that is victor Wembanyama? i would say so it also surprises me donnie i've talked about this a few times tim duncan drafted first overall in 1997 but david robinson was on those teams i don't know the injury history of the admiral that maybe sidelined him in 1996 97 but i always found that interesting. Yeah, and also what found interesting, too, is did you know that the chance for the Philadelphia 76ers to have Allen Iverson and also Tim Duncan at the same time could have rose up there, but oh. the Sixers ended up with, I believe, Keith Van Horn. Remember that name? Yeah, KVH, as everybody does. All right, Donnie, not too far away from us in Midtown Manhattan at Madison Square Garden, Close the by. world's most famous arena, starts the season for both the Celtics and the Knicks. Boston enters MSG as a slight road favorite. I believe the not line is at three and a half. It is 233 and a hook. Is that over under tonight? The Celtics are the NBA championship favorites. Now the lone favorites to win the Eastern Conference. What do the Celtics do? on opening night against the Knickerbockers. I think they win, too. Look at that lineup here. Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Chris Stapps Porzingis here. So if we're trying to find a betting angle on this one, it's game number one. Hey, Donnie, where are the three-point shot statistics? Are you going to go back to last year? How does this team fit with each other? Let's remember, they didn't fit with each other last year because Chris Stapps Porzingis wasn't even on this team, and also Marcus Smart was your starting point guard. Now he's not here. But how about this? Porzingis' points prop here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, eight and a half points. It's going back to his old stomping grounds at this point, but there's now a lot of mm. mouths to feed on the offensive end for the Boston Celtics. Tatum, 26 and a half. Brown, 22 and a half. Porzingis, 18 and a half. And Drew Holiday, maybe a bonus bargain here at 15 and a half points. I do expect the Celtics to win this game. They're the better team, but you know the charged environment tonight the Garden is going to be something to watch out for. And also from a Knicks yeah. perspective, are you going Julius Randle, who you know that usage rate is going to be high. Jalen Brunson looking to build off the season he had mm. last year but for my money i like the boston celtics as i told you to win the eastern conference and that starts tonight with a win and a cover in the garden for me jalen brunson over under 24 and a half points tonight the number's a little bit higher now for brunson in year number two as the point guard of the knicks and let's not forget where new york is the five seed last year out east they beat the cleveland cavaliers in that opening round series before having to take on the miami heat and when you think about the knicks this year donnie there is optimism in the big apple once again new york greater than a three dollar favorite at minus 310 to see the eastern conference postseason jalen brown paid in a big way this offseason by the celtics he stays in Boston. Where does Jason Tatum step up in terms of his evaluation in the NBA as well? A top 10 player maybe needs to be top five for Boston to finally win an NBA championship. They have been to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. Donnie, when you look at where the Celtics are this year, the favorites to win the East now by themselves. Again, yesterday we were looking at these odds. The Celtics and the Bucks co-favorites plus 175. 
Milwaukee moves back. Boston slightly shorter at plus 170. Is that strictly, Donnie, just because the public is coming in and hammering the seas to win the East? Exactly. Uh, you're taking a look at the NBA season is now upon us here. So many people look at over the summer. Ah, yeah, I like the Celtics, but I'm more wrapped up in baseball season or winding down the NBA, whatever it would be last year. Now you're starting to get into that process of, okay, the season starts. Where are my bets going to be? Let me get my futures in before they actually start to play a basketball game. And I agree with that. I think the Celtics, to me, are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They'll battle with the Milwaukee Bucks, certainly in the playoffs come this next come this next this spring but if i'm looking just from an yeah. honesty perspective it's the celtics for me and i agree with that line movement here before they even tip off their game tonight in the garden donnie the third best price to win the eastern conference yes it's mm -hmm. over six dollars behind milwaukee at this moment but still third best the cleveland cavaliers it's at eight to one at this time but donnie what's interesting to me is how the Cavs open this year on the road in brooklyn and this is not the Nets team that started last year having both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving a part of the roster. Yes, the Nets made the playoffs with Mikael Bridges leading the way, but this Nets team not nearly as talented as they were to start off last year as they are to start off 2023-24. And the Cavs are virtually a money line pick them, a one-point favorite on the road in the Barclays Center. I get home floor advantage, but Donnie, I think that's going to be my best bet. Cleveland, money line, minus 116 to win on opening night. How about this? I love this, too, because each and every game that Ben Simmons plays is always one of those points where you got to focus in and say, what is he going to give us? And again, we heard how hard he worked in the offseason, which in Philadelphia we heard for years. Like, ooh, look at his three-point shots, only to never shoot one here. I love the fact that we expect him to be a big part of the game plan for the Nets, and then you look at his points prop here. Seven and a half points. Every night it's so much fun to watch that because you know it's going to be a struggle. He might have eight points on layups in the first half. He might have two points because he refused uses to shoot anything outside of three feet and certainly doesn't want to get fouled, which would force him to go to the free throw line and shoot like 45% there. That's the focus yeah. point for me tonight is Ben Simmons in that seven and a half point number. But you're right. What are the expectations here for the Mets this year? They do have a solid nucleus, but also from a Cleveland perspective, you're looking at them to take the next step. Wasn't it last year like, hey, they're a nice little basketball team, not ready to go yet. There's no more excuses for Cleveland here. We're not looking for no. them to just make the playoffs. We're looking for them to take that next sure. step in ascension here to say, we could be just behind the Celtics and the Bucks, but I am focused here. I want to see what Ben Simmons does. Is it a new Ben Simmons this year, or do we go two points, six fouls by the half, four rebounds? What are we getting out of this guy? I want to see what Ben Simmons has to offer tonight. Seven and a half points, six and a half in both his rebounds and his assist hmm. props. Post a three-point prop for Ben Simmons, you coward. Make sure. it a half. I'm taking the over tonight for Ben Simmons in the opening game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And let's not forget, Cleveland was a team that used the play-in tournament experience two years ago to become the four seed in the East last year. Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. You now add in Max Struess, Darius Garland, one of the bright young point guards in this game. Again, the Cavs are not a team that just hopes to make the playoffs. They're a team that hopes to make a run in the Eastern Conference this season. Donnie, finally here, our last game to discuss. Mm -hmm. How does Miami get back to where they have been in the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years, an NBA Finals appearance in two of the last four? But the idea was all offseason in South Beach, Damian Lillard alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Right. It's not Dame, though, and the Miami Heat remain virtually the same. A nine-point favorite against Monty Williams and the Detroit Pistons. Donnie, what do you like tonight in the South Beach starter? Yeah, it's crazy to look at the Miami Heat and, of say, the season in totality. You say, oh, they're going to stink. They're not going to be good. It's the same team they brought back, which was very good last year. As long as they stay healthy, they will be just fine. Let's just see if they're focused on the season that starts tonight. They should be able yeah. to win by 10 against the Pistons tonight. I actually think this Pistons core is going to be pretty good. And Monty Williams, now the head coach who won the NBA Coach of the Year Award just two seasons ago, leading them in the right way. Miami doesn't really care about the regular season. It's heat culture into the playoffs that matters more. A best bet up next on TEL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. 
Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Um. Closing out our three hours together live right here on the early line on this Wednesday. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And of course, it doesn't stop here on the Spiz Grizz. The Sports Grid app is available for download at both the Apple and the Play Store. You can scan the QR code on your screen in a matter of moments. All of our insight right there in the palm of your hand. You open up the Sports Grid app. You can sync your bets with your favorite sports book. Ours, of course, the lovely FanDuel Sportsbook here on TEL. And you'll get five-star plays. You bleed the winning edge. Live right here on the Spiz Grizz. Five-star plays known as best bets. No Major League Baseball tonight no NFL games until tomorrow on a Thursday night but it's night number two of a new year in the association are both Donnie and I going to have an NBA best bet you'll find out right now and bye 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 Donnie if you're about to tell me Jacksonville State yeah. minus the seven and a half mm. I could not agree more nope Here's where we're going to go with this. Oh. Every word I say is true. Oklahoma City Thunder plus two. There you go, man. Oklahoma City going to get that outright winner tonight against the Bulls, man. Come on with that. You can't beat these rhymes right now. I'm running out of lyrics, by the way, for sync. We need this album quick, brother. We need the album quick, man. We do. Oh, my God, man. You can't yeah. do that to me. Yeah. You know that. Oh, my God. That is so good. Yeah. Oh, I, go. I, Again, I got to collect myself right here to also yeah. offer off of, uh, Donnie, that was a line, though, truthfully, earlier this morning that I looked at, like, hey, OKC is expected yeah. to be good. I know the Bulls go. weren't half bad either last year, and it's in the madhouse on Madison, but give me the thunder outright. Give me the Cavs outright as well. Yeah, Only laying a point, go. minus 116 on the money line in Brooklyn against the Nets team that looks a lot different now than they did for a good majority of last year. I don't have any rhymes or sing songs mm. to give to you here as we round out this show. Is everybody okay behind the scenes? Anyway, we'll talk to you on the That's early line tomorrow at 8 a.m. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.